We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. The Boy Scouts of America has endured for 110 years. But problems within the organization have been building behind closed doors for decades. Recently, these problems exploded into view. There are about 275 lawsuits pending, alleging sex abuse in the Boy Scouts. And thousands of other former Scouts are claiming they were mistreated. These cases threaten the Scouts' very existence. And this week, the organization resorted to an extreme measure. It declared bankruptcy. Today on the show, the Boy Scouts' survival plan. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. And I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Thursday, February 20th. Even before the latest wave of sexual abuse lawsuits, the Boy Scouts had been facing a problem. For years, membership has been in decline. The Boy Scouts have about 2, 2.2 million members now, which is a lot. But that's about a third of where they were at their heyday, which was in 1969, the year that Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, who was, by the way, an Eagle Scout. Valerie Borline is a national reporter, and she's been following the Boy Scouts. They were really just a touchstone in the culture and a pillar of the culture. You know, this American as apple pie, American as Boy Scouts. At its heyday, the Boy Scouts meant that. But as the world around the Boy Scouts changed, the Scouts didn't. Boy Scouts still do many of the same activities their grandfathers did. They camp, hike, tie knots. And one of the reasons they kept losing members is because policies about who could be a Boy Scout didn't change either. There has been tension around whether to allow gay children to be Scouts, whether to allow gay Scout leaders, and whether to allow girls As states moved to legalize gay marriage, gay scouts and scoutmasters were still banned from the organization. As kids did more co-ed activities, the Boy Scouts maintained that they were for boys only. As Americans have become more secular, the scouts still require members to believe in God. And so there's always been this tough tension there as to how much the scouts should retain what makes them the scouts or what a lot of people who've been involved over the past century see as the core values of scouting. And then also, to what degree should you reflect American culture, which is changing quickly? Over time, it became clear the scouts would have to do more to reflect the wider culture. It faced potential lawsuits for discrimination, and membership kept falling. And so an organization that had stayed pretty much the same for a century began to change rapidly. First, they began to accept gay scouts, then gay scout leaders. They also let in transgender children. And then in 2017, they announced the biggest change of all. Well, the Boy Scouts will no longer be just for boys. Today, the Boy Scouts Why did the Boy Scouts allow girls? What was their hope? You know, the stated hope was not to improve membership, but the Scouts have lost membership steadily over the years. And so any civic organization would see a big pot of untapped children and say, oh, that would be one reason. Another was just that it was time. 
The Boy Scouts said they made the change after years of lobbying from parents with boys in the program to let their girls in too. They said they wanted to bring the benefits of scouting to, quote, as many families and youth as possible. But if the Boy Scouts were banking on a boost in membership, it didn't pan out that way. Yes, the Scouts added almost 100,000 girls in the first year. But in the process, it lost 400,000 members from a core constituency. And the Mormon Church is ending its century-old partnership with the Boy Scouts of America. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has been one of the pillars of scouting for a long, long, long time. I talked to some parents who said, look, it was common among Mormon families to say, okay, you can't get your driver's license until you've got your Eagle Scout. That was that much a part of what was expected. It was such a rite of passage. And why did the members of the Church of Latter-day Saints, why did the Mormon scouts leave? Well, they never said specifically because of X change that the scouts had made or Y change, whether that was allowing girls or allowing gay members and gay leaders. It was never explicit like that, but, you know, they just said, we have decided it's time for us to form our own scouting group, which they're doing that is more consistent with what we believe. At the time, the church emphasized the need for a new scouting organization that could serve its members all around the world. But in comments late last year, one high-ranking Mormon official was blunt. We didn't leave the Boy Scouts. He said, the Boy Scouts left us. When the Mormon church left, Boy Scout membership dropped 18%. And it wasn't just the Mormons who were alienated by the Boy Scouts' sudden openness to new members. Man, the Girl Scouts were upset. (laughs) The Girl Scouts were mad. They felt like, you know, the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts had been a sister organization from the beginning for 100 years. And they felt like there was a hostile takeover by their very close allies. In their frustration, the Girl Scouts took aim at the Boy Scouts on a very serious issue, allegations of sexual abuse. I remember speaking with the Girl Scout chief executive at the time who said... Any parent can send their daughter on a Girl Scout trip and know that her head is safe on the pillow. And that was, uh, that gave me chills. That's a very direct refutation of the sexual abuse history in the Boy Scouts. The Girl Scouts were right. More than changing social norms and drops in membership, the Boy Scouts were plagued by a rising tide of sex abuse lawsuits stemming from allegations dating back decades. And those allegations are why the Boy Scouts are now declaring bankruptcy. That's after the break. We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Welcome back. Like the Catholic Church or Penn State or any number of other institutions, for years there had been whispered allegations about sexual abuse in the Boy Scouts. But in 2010, those allegations burst into public view in a court case in Oregon. The Oregon case, you could look at as the origin of the Boy Scouts having really serious legal problems. Andrew Scuria covers bankruptcy courts and has been writing about the Boy Scouts. 
This was a man who said that he was abused as a youngster, took the scouts to trial in Oregon, and really showed conclusively that the organization knew that it had a problem and didn't take effective action in terms of reporting it to the authorities or rooting it out internally. And in fact, the Boy Scouts had kept files going all the way back to 1920 on ineligible volunteers, uh, which the Scouts internally called their IV files. And what were those files exactly? So these files were an archive that the Scouts created when they received a report that a volunteer had allegedly molested a child or just otherwise acted improperly. And the goal of them was to exclude those individuals from being able to participate in scouting going forward. The Oregon case introduced those files to the world, showing how large the problem could be. And the plaintiff won his case. The jury awarded him $20 million. But not every alleged victim could follow in the Oregon man's footsteps and sue. Many of the allegations were decades old and barred by state's statute of limitations. But then, a few states made an adjustment to their laws that drastically changed the outlook for the Boy Scouts organization. There was a growing feeling among policymakers that victims needed a way to get redress through the courts. There had been lobbying in various state legislatures for much of the past uh, decade, really, um, to do away with statutes of limitations or at least open up a one-time window for victims to sue, regardless of when the alleged abuse occurred. And the dam really broke on that front last year when these laws went into effect in more than a dozen states, in particular some really big, important states like California, New York, New Jersey, North Carolina. All of a sudden, thousands of former scouts in their 40s, 50s, and 60s were now in a position to sue the Boy Scouts. And one reason so many accusers were in this age range is more recent scouts might have had a different experience. In the 1980s, the scouts created more protections for kids in the program. Here's Valerie. You know, to their credit, Earlier than many civic organizations, the Boy Scouts created a very strict policy on adult leaders' contact with children. And it still is one of the most strict among organizations where adults come in contact with children. The core tenet of it is called too deep, which means there always have to be two adults in the room when there's a child. And there could be no one-on-one contact between an adult and a child in a scout forum. You know, now that also means no texting. An adult can't text one-on-one with a scout. They have adopted this policy in the 1980s, and um, more than 90%, the vast majority of the claims that are hobbling the Boy Scouts now predate these policies. So it sounds like these rules may have worked. There's evidence that the rules really worked, but reputationally and just in terms of the damage that was already done, the ramifications are being felt today. Revised statutes of limitations threw open the door for more lawsuits. There are now about 275 suits against the Boy Scouts, and lawyers say 1,400 other suits haven't been filed. That means the Boy Scouts could owe hundreds of millions of dollars, potentially enough to shutter the whole organization. And so, to avoid that, this week the Boy Scouts did what other companies and organizations have done before. They declared bankruptcy. Well, they decide to follow a pretty well-worn path among uh, companies that have caused harm, allegedly, to large numbers of people. You might think of bankruptcy as the thing you do when you're down to your last dollar, when you have no other choice. 
But for a long time, companies have used it in a more defensive way. They've used it to avoid losing all of their money and to help them survive a crisis. You could trace it all the way back to the asbestos cases in which, you know, companies put asbestos into the public environment through insulation and many other products that, you know, decades later was found to cause cancer and other ailments that affected thousands of people. It's just impossible to address that number of claims through the state court system on an efficient basis. It would just, it would overwhelm pretty much any company. So they used bankruptcy to set up trusts that would compensate people who were already sick, as well as those who would get sick in the future. Bankruptcies like this allow a company that's accused of causing harm to sit down with everyone it owes money to, like creditors and victims, and set aside a pot of money to pay everyone out evenly. This allows the company to handle all its claims at the same time, instead of in a first-come, first-served trickle that could bleed the company dry. A lot of organizations have used bankruptcy like this to handle mass lawsuits. But the pioneers in using this approach to handle sex abuse lawsuits have been within the Catholic Church. Today, 21 Catholic dioceses facing sexual abuse cases have filed for bankruptcy. The most recent, the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, filed for bankruptcy yesterday. What do the Boy Scouts then hope that bankruptcy will do for them? It does a few things for them. It cuts down on their legal expenses right, from having to defend all these cases all around the country. It halts discovery. So uh, sex abuse victims and their lawyers who had been trying to pry open a lot of the scouts' secrets about how they dealt with sexual abuse over the years, that process comes to a stop and is only handled by the bankruptcy court now. And they're hoping to get clear, right? They're hoping to come up with a number that satisfies lawyers for alleged victims of sexual abuse. Another benefit of bankruptcy for the Boy Scouts is that it could stop the flow of new lawsuits. Part of the process involves setting what's called a bar date, which is a deadline by which people who say that they were abused as children will have to file claims in the bankruptcy court by a date certain or else be barred from collecting in the future. In a statement on Tuesday, the Boy Scouts chief executive, Roger Mosby, said bankruptcy will allow the Scouts to compensate victims equitably and continue the Scouts' mission. But if waiving the statute of limitations opened the door for more lawsuits, the bar date that's part of the bankruptcy process could eventually close it. And that's not the only reason victims might object to the bankruptcy process. Bankruptcy also offers a different kind of justice than many victims might be expecting. Andrew heard this come up at the Boy Scouts' first bankruptcy hearing yesterday. An alleged victim's lawyer was speaking about her client. She was recounting how the plaintiff in that case, who I believe is, you know, anonymous because it deals with childhood sexual abuse, felt like the rug had been pulled out from under him a bit because he he now isn't going to get his day in the form of his choice in front of the jury. He's going to be forced into this sort of foreign bankruptcy proceeding in Wilmington, Delaware, that he probably didn't anticipate when he filed his case. So he was frustrated by the fact that he doesn't get his day in court. It's now he's part of a giant bankruptcy proceeding. Right, and he'll get his day in a court. It will just be a bankruptcy court where the idea is not really to, you know, get to a jury trial and for the the truth to sort of come out, right, for his claims to be tested in the court of law. The question is how to divide up the pie, right? It's It's a different kind of proceeding that is not really aimed at, you know, putting the Boy Scouts in the witness stand and asking questions under oath. That's not what it's about anymore. The Boy Scouts have said that bankruptcy is the best way to compensate victims equitably. 
In court papers, the organization said dealing with lawsuits one at a time would be unfair because it would privilege those who brought their cases first. In an open letter Tuesday to victims of sexual abuse, the Boy Scouts national chairman Jim Turley wrote, quote, There were times when volunteers and employees ignored our procedures or forgave transgressions that were unforgivable. The Boy Scouts' safety measures, he said, were now among the strongest in the nation. But he admitted that they hadn't always been enough. Quote, The fact is that predators harmed innocent children in scouting programs. And for this, I am deeply sorry. That's all for today, Thursday, February 20th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Special thanks to Joseph Diavila for his reporting. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.